You smell funny. I'm a real fish nut. I really like fish. Now it's Flats Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone. Good morning, Flats Mafia Radio 102.5 The Bone. I am your host, Captain Bubba Bencourt. I am in the studio with the one and only James Garrison, a.k.a. Dad. How you doing this morning? Morning, morning. Morning, morning. Nice, nice. Way better. So, we got to fish this week. And uh, we're going to And uh, we got some big news that we're teaming up with Mike Anderson, Bill Miller, Mike Goodwine, uh, doing a huge event. Glimplaw. Yeah, Glim, Glimplaw. Uh, doing a huge event the Saturday before Thanksgiving. We'll get you all the details. We're going to see if we can actually get Mike to give us a call. If not, uh, we will give you all the details needed for that. We need our Flats Mafia family to come out there strong in numbers and donate food for the people that are in need, especially during the times that we have going on. So we'll get into more details about that. Plus, it's, it's kind of a, it's an event. It is an event. Like I'm, I'm, we need an event. Yeah, we need to get some people together. And I think they're smart because it's going to be after the election. Kids are back in school, high school and baseball games and basketball games. All that's going to be playing. I mean, I'm ready here in high school. Kids are got practice already. So we're ready for the new norm. Hopefully. You know? Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be nice because it's going to be one of those events where you guys can come out and support. Bring some turkeys, bring some canned goods, but then hang out with with uh, your, your people in the fishing industry. So uh, we'll get into more of that. I want to talk about fishing that we did this week, which I, I can't remember the last time me and you were on the boat actually fishing. Had a good time. Um, but we went out. We had a game plan. We got there early. Um, went and caught bait, thinking that we were going to maybe just do like a cut bait thing and just scab it up today and... And just hey, we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do. But we went out. We caught some bait. Unfortunately, while we were catching bait, we watched people literally pull into the spot where I was catching redfish. So the secret's out. That was a, that was a bummer. That was a bummer was because a bummer. I think if we would have got there with the bait that we had, I think we would have at least been able to catch a couple fish, start the day off right with some redfish. Not not that I'm wishing anything ill upon them, but the only positive from that was we didn't see them catching anything. So we weren't, we didn't really miss out. Well, that's because I was secretly hoping they weren't going to catch anything. Um, plus, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think they were going to catch anything because they were using scrimp, and we had the variety pack today. We had the beautiful pan pan pinfish and some good white bait, which you know we we started on the flat, which we'll go into details about that with the Calusa bait report. But we were able to gather enough bait for what we needed to do today. Greenbacks, pinfish, a big pinfish if we wanted to cut those up. And our plan was slightly altered. So what we did was, we, you know, we was like, you know what? They were there. But just because they were there doesn't mean they didn't move down this, this line. Doesn't mean they ain't back in the corner around the, around the oyster bed. So we knew that we had to just look for them. And to be honest with you, we didn't start seeing them till way later in the day. Uh, yeah, until the tide dropped. Tide dropped. Yeah. 
the biggest issue that we had fishing with the fish and going to areas where we knew redfish were was that the tide was just way high. Yeah, we're waiting on water to fall. But I thought it was funny at the boat ramp, we see the mullet guy. Yeah. Right? So the mullet guy tells us, hey, there's a bunch of fish over here. So when those people went straight to our to your spot in the morning, you know, we're like, screw it. Let's, let's go to where the mullet man said. And mullet man's never wrong. He sees more redfish than anyone else. I think he must have been there. A little bit later in the day. And maybe it was a little more shallower, but I, I can tell you this. You, if you're getting good with the mullet man, he's going to tell you where the redfish are. Yeah. He's going to tell you where they are. Now, as long as you can trust him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's some mullet, mullet guys out there you can't trust. But hey, that's that. But we went and we covered a lot of ground. That's one thing I do. I would say today, uh, when I fish with you, it's not just always going and hitting spots that you normally catch fish at. You got You always said you got to dedicate days to trying new areas, trying new spots on different tides. And we covered a lot of ground, if you think about it, all the way from the playground all the way north to the as far as you can go up in the clear water. And <laughs> what are you afraid to say where we were? I, I didn't want. We didn't see any fish. Just say it, man. Yeah. Well, we went from uh, the playground all the way to the airport, and, yeah. and it, it wasn't a success. It wasn't until later in the day, which our tide today was high at nine fifteen. Water was high. Having to actually, the water was having to uh, actually fight the wind early on. Today was windy. It started off windy. It started windy. It did, but it did lay down. Which actually made it nicer, but then made it very, very hot. And you're talking late August, late August in the summertime. Yeah. This is a dead zone time to fish for me. Always, it, always is. I hate fishing in August. The last, especially the last two weeks or the last week of August, it's like you should just get your maintenance done on your boat and be done with it. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Get everything ready for September because that's when it's going to happen. Yeah. September. The moon phases we're in right now, the, the, the tides are just, they're bad. They're it's they're bad. Like, you look at them on the tide chart, like, oh, my God, look at this outgoing. No, it's high at 915, and it's low at, like, 730 at night. That's a slow outgoing. Yeah. That's a very, very bad tide. I mean, unless, you got a, unless you're on it and you have high, high water spots that you like to fish that you know, because we like to fish creeks that come out, yep. you know, when the water's really high. And then when the when it flushes out hard, we do have spots for that. And we're, we're successful with it. But it was just so damn hot today that by the yep. time it did that, like, we're done. Yeah. I'm, I'm finished. <clears throat> and we put in the time today. We put in the time to search for the quality fish. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, we, we're, we've been in the water since 630 and then before you know it, before you know it, uh, we got a skunk on the boat, and we need to figure this out. We need something, yeah. We need, need that, something. We need so that uh, icebreaker. We're running back from the airport. We, we, we ready to say, you know what? We're tired of this. We're going to the strip club. That, and was, that was said. That was said. We're going to go try to get the fish at Pappy's at the playground and see what happens. But on the way there, we saw a little ruckus in the water. We had birds flying, diving, water crashing, fish coming airborne out of the water. We were like, ooh, let's take a look at this. 
We're getting ready to go cut baby. We knew, we knew one thing. It was either jacks. Jacks, macro, or ladies. Yeah. You know? We're and, hoping it was jacks. Yeah. We're 100%. I wasn't mad with the outcome. No, because we honestly, we pulled up on these fish. James has got the spoon ready to go. So he's already in action. I got the live bait, and I believe his first cast in the water, boom, he catches one. And it's a lady fish. We're like, all right, perfect. We'll throw a couple ladies in the boat. We'll use that for cut bait. This will work yeah, out. Hit the next spot. Yeah, Absolutely. hit the next spot. Well, we got on a little bit of a heater, and then finally you were like, well, actually, it was my my first cast in the water with the bait. Ladyfish tried to hit it. Then I start reeling in, and then I get smoked by, which I thought was a Kobe at first. It ends up being a black tip, an aggressive, fat black tip, which you guys can see that on the, on the page. It's up on the page now. But very, I mean, I needed a tight line. I needed some drag screaming. By that point, we we're ready. Fish three, four hours. We ain't caught nothing. Yeah, it, it was a relief. All the way around. And that was a nice shark. He was fat. It was, yeah, it was a nice took shark. a great picture for us. Yes, so. 100%. You know, all around that was a, just a, we needed that. Because like you said, it almost felt like we were kids again. And you're able to throw out every cast on an artificial. Every, every single cast. Yeah. Hit and, you're, and you were doing, you, you. I threw the spoon in quick. And you were like, bro, you got to go faster than that. And you literally had the fastest you can go is what they as wanted. As long as it was underneath the water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would hit. chase it all the way to the boat. So that was... What Sometimes else do we have on there. We had we have mackerel, mackerel jacks, the me, trout, dude, mackerel trout. trout and ladyfish. So we're really you got to picture this in your mind. So we're we're casting out as far as we can on reeling, a bar, reeling as fast as I can with a spoon, as fast as you can reel. That's how fast it was going. And trout were hitting my spoon, and you, in the top of the cup. And and, and you, some one was good. Yeah, what would you say about an eighteen nineteen? Yeah, maybe? he was he was up there for a, he was a nice one. He definitely he definitely went swimming in the jacuzzi of Earl if it was yeah, time. Yeah, but unfortunately, you can't keep them. But you nice caught mackerel too. But you caught probably what four trout, three or four trout. Yeah. yeah. You caught one nice mackerel. The mackerel was shooting straight out of the water, and all we did was drift. And we when it when it slowed down, we looked for more fish crashing. We pulled into it, and I think just as fishermen, we needed that today, just to kind of keep our, uh, you know, our vibe up. Well, it did. It made you feel like a kid. It made you. It's one of them things that makes you realize. Why you like fishing? You couldn't cast back out fast enough, no, to catch the next one. But th but there's nothing better than reeling an artificial bait in and a fish hammering it, and you could do the bill dance on them and just oh, oh sling them in, yeah, yeah, sling them in the boat. I mean, that, many fish like to come off too. So once you had enough to use yeah. for bait, we were just if you throw a ladyfish in the air while it's on the rod and you sling your your lure back down real fast, it acts as a D hooker. Ooh, and an just air gets hooker. Rid yeah. And gets rid of it right there uh, on the I side. Like, of I like what you did there. Yeah, I was so watching. Ladyfish, ladyfish will uh, deposit some things on you. If you, you do. If you got to make yeah, it the wrong you, way. You definitely need to always grab the ladyfish and uh, point the rear end out because they will always guaranteed to shoot out some of uh, whatever they ate earlier that day. So be careful with that. Or you can use it against one of your buddies on the boat. That doesn't really fish. They're out on the boat with you. You grab the ladyfish. As soon as you grab it and squeeze it, they spew. You get it all over your buddy. Hey, it's a good prank. It's a good I prank. I've seen it before. I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, you can find it on YouTube. Go look yeah. it up. Well, that wasn't a ladyfish. That was a redfish. Yeah, well, they all do it. Well, he didn't squirt. He actually, uh, Jeff pretty much wiped the redfish's backside on my shoulder. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, but that is on YouTube, so make sure you go check out the YouTube channel. 
Uh, Flats Mafia. Also uh, follow us on uh, all the social medias. Flats Mafia on Instagram. Flats Mafia Fishing and TV uh, on Facebook. We got uh, there's plenty of stuff on there for you guys to check out. And uh, we're going to be going into uh, the Calusa Castnet Bait Report coming up here in the second segment, and talk to you on on how this bait. It's still not as consistent as you really want it, but you're having to have to deal with, uh, you know, it's a grind. It's a bait grind still right now. It was at once during the summer, a great thing, but we'll talk more about that. And we'll talk more. There's a lot of fry out there. <laughs> a ton know? of fry. So to me, like what's coming up, I like to, I still like to do cut bait in September. Yep. Even when these redfish get going, I like to find the mullet schools and and throw cut bait inside the mullet. So if you're, if that's what you like to do, there's plenty of pinfish around. Yeah. So I mean, you can buy thread fins at the at the bait stores if you want, but to me, I would go get all the pins you can get. Yeah. That, up and get ready. That fresh that fresh pinfish, I I feel to, I believe it's better than the thread fins. Um, haven't put it all the way to the test yet, but. You know, that, that's the thing is that today when we went scouting and we were like, you know what, let's just run the line. We saw red, not big numbers, but we saw redfish mixed in with those mullet. And, I mean, we saw a couple studs, but also one thing we did see today was smaller redfish, which is good to see. It is that time of year, too. You said you caught some reds the other day that were very, very uh, big. Right, big, but the color, oh, the of, color them, of them. Were, Yes. Like, I don't think they were Louisiana pumpkin. No, they weren't Not as pumpkin that. as that. But like that one we saw today, his fins on the side were orange. Well, the, the ones we saw at the end of the day, we saw the bigger fish. There was, there was probably ten of them in that school, and they were bright, bright red. red. Yeah, bright red. Yeah, it looked like they were going to a bucks game. It's, yeah, it's that time of year where there's a lot of that water's kind of tannic, so they stick out if you're able to see them from a distance. Which you can you can spot them if they're a little bit higher in the collar. Which I do have to say, I was with Hawkeyes today. Hawkeyes pointed out every fish. Thank God, because I, I can't see I can't see anything out there. He's like, "Oh look, snook, six six snook. Oh, there's two reds." That's oh. a part of it to me. Like, well, I, you know, if I'm done fishing an area, I always go to wherever wherever I was casting to look at it to see, you know, what's there. If you go there and you abs- you see the the cut bait you threw out, and it's still sitting there, yeah, there's not fish there, so that's why you didn't catch anything. Yeah. And then you you know you kind of troll the line and see what else is around. I mean that's. So your next day or the the day after, that's how you plan we, your day. Literally, we had our best shot at redfish today when we finally saw a decent patch of them that were the red ones that he was just talking about. And we set up, we throw baits out, throw chum out, and here comes this idiot on a jet ski, like all the way in a no motor zone, waving at us. And I love the fact that he waved at us. And James was like, what are you waving for? What are you doing? Waving me? Yeah. We ain't your friend. Nah, there might have been a couple forks thrown out there. <laughs> I don't so. So, all right. Well, you know that happens. But we're that gonna take the guy did go fish. I did see. He him. did. I don't he know pulled. He, he pulled a rod out of somewhere of that jet ski. I don't so know. So you got us. He goes around us over our lines. <laughs> he goes behind two guys that are kayaking, probably a couple hundred yards from us. Goes right next to him. Yeah. With his jet ski. And it does like a little circle and a lap. Yeah, like like he, like he has to stay in the channel. Yeah, it's a jet ski, bro. It's and then goes ski. another three hundred yards and parks and. Whipped his rod out. That's what me and you looked at each other and said, that's it for today. That is it. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. This is brought to you by Gossett and Monte Crystal and Real Deal Outdoors. This is Flats Mafia Radio. We'll be back shortly. 
You're listening to Flex Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone. You're listening to Flex Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone. Welcome back to Flats Mafia Radio 102.5 The Bone. Uh, we're going to jump right into the Calusa bait report. Uh, as we were saying earlier, you know, we got out there. Not probably the ideal time, but one thing I noticed on Monday is that we got out there and it was still dark. And you start chumming in the dark. And sometimes it works out great to your advantage and sometimes it become an absolute nightmare. Like today. Caught a couple catfish. Monday, caught six catfish. But that Calusa cast net definitely uh, kept it together. And you got to be careful. When you get these catfish in the stuck in the in the cast net, you break their barbs off. Yeah, the catfish falls out. Tell, but tell them what what you're talking about when you say break their barbs. Okay, so basically, if you guys never really have seen the catfish have barbs, which remind me of serrated arrowheads from the Indians back in the day. Because when you really actually get a chance to look at them, that's exactly what they look like. They are made to go in sharp, and they're not made to come out. You are ripping flesh. So what happens is these catfish get in the chum slick. You throw the net. You can't see them because we couldn't see the bait this morning. No. No. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, we're in a spot. We've been chumming. And at, at one point, once we moved again, I'll let you chum for about almost 10 minutes before I threw the net again. Just to try to see if we can gather it all up. Well, we caught a catfish. And now the catfish has got barbs on the side of him, side fins, and his top dorsal fin as well. And sometimes they get all stuck in your net. If they start spinning and jumping around, it could get nasty. I mean, a lot of people like to grab above where the fish is at and then shake it really hard. They'll just rip. It's going to rip a hole. It's going to rip, and you have a very good chance of hitting yourself with one of the barbs. So the best thing to do is at this point, you got the catfish stuck in the net, grab a pair of pliers, break off the barbs on each side where you see them at, top barb. At that point, you should be able to shake the catfish out onto your deck Flip them back in the water. And then make sure you get the barb out of them. Must. It is a must that you get the barb out of the cast net. Because if you leave those barbs in there and they're just stuck in your net. <coughs> excuse me. And you get ready to load your net up the way you normally do it. And you drag your hand across the net. and this You leave those in there. I've seen people cut wide open from a barb that was in their net for three or four days prior tri- to a fishing trip. And had to actually cancel the trip. And go to the hospital because it sl- sliced their hand wide open. Yeah, then you're asking your buddy to pee on you. And yeah, just, then it just gets weird. You don't avoid the weird stuff. Take the cash, catfish barbs out. And by the way, the, the barbs grow back. For everybody that's worried about us hurting the fish, the barbs grow back. They do grow back, <laughs> and we do throw our fish back, and they do swim away. Do we care if they live or not? No. Nah. Too deep. No, we don't. Nah. We don't. And they don't. They don't really grow back. Oh, they don't? No. Oh, well, who cares? I had you going, but yeah. Yeah, you had me going. I'm like, dang, I'm never going to get rid of these bars. But uh, well, guess what? I'm taking every barb off I can. Yeah. But the bait the bait situation, we caught some nice greenbacks. It did take us a little while. We tried one spot. We started chumming, and we were getting beautiful pinfish, which was not a bad thing. You know, tide still was slowly coming in. But when you can't see flashes or you can't see the bait, it's hard to, to really know until you throw the net. And, you know, after a while, we were in one spot for about 15, 20 minutes. We loaded up on pinfish. We are like, you know what? 
Let's just move up another 40, 50 yards, find another spot, stick it, and start chumming. And sure enough, it worked out because we ended up catching. I mean, we're only using my front live well because the back live well is still down till we get it to Well, West I mean, we, we knew we weren't chumming today. No, we so didn't. We were either going to chum. We did enough to fish with. That's it. And we had what we needed. We really did. We had what we needed. But, um, you know, I think it might have been a little easier if we would have went out there a little earlier maybe, but who knows? Well, I, just, I mean, I was chumming heavy too. So it sometimes all that fry that's out there too, if you see flash underneath it, a lot of times they're underneath that fry if they're on a flat that you that you catch it at. Like we were catching the trout today, the fry that was coming over us, I saw flashes underneath because we were catching trout in the place where me and Troy catch our bait. That's where we've been going. Yeah. And there's there was bait underneath it. We didn't stop. We didn't need it, but there can be bait underneath that fry at times. There is. And and what I've noticed this summer is that that you got to get through the fry to get to the bigger bait. And the bigger bait's been staying in the grass, tucked up in the grass. And you're not seeing them until you actually throw the net. And, um, you know, and they're, they're, if you wanted thread fins, you get them at the markers. There's still plenty of bait in different spots all over the bay. You know, all your normal spots you normally see it at, it's there. Uh, one reason why I like to keep almost a five-gallon bucket on the boat full of chum is for that reason. You chum a lot. Sometimes it's easier. If you know, all right, we got a whole bucket full of chum, we're going to hammer this whole bucket before we even throw a net just to get them riled up. Oh, it's better. It's way better than not having enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yes. And, you know, some people, you know, as a guide, guides always try to, oh, we got can't spend too much or can't use too much. I don't care. Listen, when it comes to catching bait, if it's going to catch me bait faster, more bait, quicker, then do it. Because, I mean, from what I heard anyways, these guys are spending an extra $10, $12 on chum going to different places. Uh, luckily, I got it right here down the street. But um, Well, look, for people who don't know what kind of chum we're talking about, too, we're talking about... It's actually Perina Tropical, Tropical Fish, Fish Food. Food. Yeah. And where I get it at, because it's close to my house... They carry it by the 50-pound bag, and you can also buy it smaller increments or whatnot. At bait shops? Uh, uh, well, you could get it at Bill. Bill sells it for $5 in a Ziploc bag. A small Ziploc bag. A small Ziploc. Or you can get your butt over to the feed store. Go to a feed store. Just any feed a store. Favor and go to a feed store. If you go to Shell's feed store, they're a 50-pound bag. For like $27 and change, that's tax included, out the door. It's going to save you so much money. Get a five-gallon bucket. For instance, on my boat, we got a five-gallon bucket on the front of the boat that stays in my anchor hatch. It's filled to the brim. And I have two other ones that I'm going to fill those up. So that's my. I go to that bucket if I'm running out. So that's my go-to. And then all you got to do is mix it a little bit of water. If you, you know, and just think of it as... Uh, thick and chunky mashed potatoes. That's the consistency you want. You don't want it too dry. You don't want it too wet. Hey yo. So that you want to make that consistency kind of mashed potatoes, and then you start chumming. And it's all determined. It, chumming. Everyone's gonna tell you different how they do it. I'm sure Troy has his own way. I know captains. They wouldn't even dare to throw that chum in the water unless they mix it with man Manhattan oil, which that makes a it big works, difference. It works too. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean. But what also works, too, if you don't want to get fancy and go get that chum, you go over to the store, get you a Publix or uh, whatever stores are out there, Aldi, get you the Jack Mac, couple cans of Jack Mac, and you can get the cornmeal. 
Mix it, or you can get the Jack Max and mix it with Fritos if you want to be a little ghetto. If you're get, if you're getting if you're wanting pinfish for sure, Jack Mac and Fritos. Jack Mac and Fritos will be the ticket. Yeah, just don't you cut know? your cut your. Uh, yeah, make can make open. sure can you buy a can opener on the way there. That, <laughs> Hit me I've, with the scissors or the knife. Oh, dude, I've seen that happen before too. That's not not good, not good at all. So. That's your Calusa Castnet bait report. We went a little long on that one. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. I mean, now that look, that's the day right there. If you don't, if, if that you're makes your day. Bait, yeah. If you're a live bait fisherman and you can't get the bait, like I'm, I'm grouchy till the bait's on on board. Yeah, you know, if it takes us two hours to get bait, like that's that cuts into your day. You could miss. Well, the you tide. can miss the tide. You literally can miss the tide by an hour. I mean, it's important. It it actually sets the tone for the day. Even when you said it before, when we go filming and everything, it sets the tone it's for half, the day. It's half the battle. You know, so then after we got bait, we were dealing with a super, super high water, which I get excited for that sometimes, but then sometimes I forget when these fish get so tucked up in the mangroves, there's a whole nother city underneath there. You ever go to the aquarium, you can see what these fish can do when they swim in between all these different mangrove legs. They swim through it all. And then you come up on an island that's mangroves, the whole island's mangroves, so you know they could swim all the way through the other side. They could be sitting right in the middle. So there's different ways, you know, I know some people fish them called beating up the bushes and taking... You have to on this, <coughs> with this high water. You have to. So if either you're throwing a live pinfish, cut the tail off, a little split shot, flip them in the bushes, hang on. Or get you a nice piece of cut bait, a split shot wouldn't hurt either. Flip it as close as you can to those trees. Put your rod down. Let Rodney do the work. But it's it's a tough, very, in the summertime, late summer like this, for that high water, that is tough to do. That's what makes this this time right now so hard to fish because you got the high water, all that all that you're saying right there, and then the fish are kind of, they're kind of lazy. They don't really want to work for their bait. No. So it, they could be sitting in the mangroves and not really wanting to come out. You could throw a bunch of chum out there. You, you might get lucky yeah. to get some to get it. Now, that's one thing I noticed, you know, maybe it was last summer. I pulled up to a very, very high tide. That's the one thing I noticed that you can do. If you got a ton of bait, I'm talking about blacked out all your wells. You got a ton of bait and you pull up to a spot where you know they're at. And you start chumming like crazy, like a wild man. Throwing out 40, 50 pieces at a spot. You'll see those fish, that all that commotion and all that, those fish are going to push out of the mangroves, and you'll see them start blowing up out in front. You like you literally pulled them out. It doesn't always work that way, especially when it's late in the summer. Those fish are lazy. They want it, they're in the shade. They want they're an like, easy meal. That's why I like that's why I like the cut, the cut bait. bait right now. You can't beat the cut they bait. They want it easy, especially in hot, hot water. I think they get lazy and just want to eat something. Yeah, just that they it's simple. They're slowly swimming through. You saw those fish today that we saw. They they weren't very spooky. And they a lot of them were actually sitting down in the sand hole. So Put the bait out there. Let them smell it. Let them come pick it up. You got to be patient. A, or you can, or you can try to create a frenzy and just throw, like you said, throw, yeah, throw a bunch of live bait out there. At the, if you got it, if you knew you loaded up that day, and that's a game plan. I mean, that's something you know. You use your back well just to chum, and I mean, I've seen it happen. Have you? You actually create a bite that wasn't even there, but you just threw so much bait in these fish's face that they had to react to it. So I mean, that's that's another way. To beat up the bushes or just chum the bushes and get them to come out. And something else too, like when you're, if you're casting at the trees and you're trying to beat up the bushes, 
if you are not catching the mangroves at times, you're not getting close enough. Nah, you're wasting your time. You, you have to get underneath that tree. If you have the little, uh, you know, what do we call these little creek inlets or something like that where there's a hole in the bush. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, have yeah. to hit that hole. Yeah. And that's the way it is. You got you to gotta put it right on the edge of that mangrove line and, and just, it's going to get caught up there. And if it it's is. not, you're not getting close enough. Yeah. I mean, and that's, just, that's what just fishing mangroves at all. I tell clients all the time, listen, that cast you just did, it's going to be a waste of time if you don't get it where it needs to be. And if that if you are not on that line, you are wasting your time. Yeah, one thing we didn't do today that I would have liked to have done, it just got it just got too damn hot. It did. It went stop, it just was brutal. Was just I'd like to I would have liked to try to go to oyster beds that were that I know would have been covered with that high water and just soak baits on top of that oyster bed. Or throw, you know, hit them with a bobber. Well we did that. We 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 fished one oyster bed like that. I had the bobber on with the pinfish and the greenback. Right. That's the thing. We kept constantly switching it up, you know, either greenback or pinfish, cut tail. And people That's when we, what you do when you're not catching anything. You're trying everything. <laughs> you're trying everything. And when we say cut tail on the pinfish, don't cut the tail off where he starts bleeding. You want to just cut the fins so he's trying to swim and he's creating this vibration that is actually going to really attract the fish to it so those are a couple things that you guys can uh, can really try to figure out when having to deal with this high water we basically just went full seminar on them right there yeah we did we went full so this has actually been a little bit it's a little bit out of our element we're actually trying to teach the show which <laughs> try, is look we're trying to teach you things what we caught today was the black tips black tip shark mackerel mackerel trout trout the snook, look, I caught a snook at the boat ramp, okay? I'm oh, we didn't even, we'll, tell, we'll save we'll that. Let's save that one? Yeah, let's save that, that one. That don't count because it's at a boat that, ramp. But oh, but yeah, let's save that. But lady, we, ladyfish. So yeah, which is a poor, which is basically a a, a Walmart tarpon is yeah, what I heard. Poor man's tarpon, Walmart tarpon. Yeah. We're actually giving advice, and that's what we caught today. So. Yeah, we're giving advice, <laughs> so please follow us. <laughs> take it, take, take it how you want. Yeah, take our advice. We slayed them today. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you know, what do hey, you do? that's why they call it fishing and, and not catching. But, hey, at least we went out there. We put in the time. We scouted around. And, uh, you know, we did what normal fishermen do. You search areas where you think you know where they're at, and uh, you try to do your best. We'll get into that. We'll get into that snook on the third segment, though. That was a, yes, hard, that was I, a heartbreaker. I, I, that was a heartbreaker, and I, I can't wait to tell some of the story because I got to see it. I, I was getting ready to grab the GoPro, and he was like, oh, we don't need the GoPro yet. I, he was like, ah. I was like, I wanted to film it just so we could have just caught that fish on well, look, camera. We'll, we'll get into it, but while I'm thinking about it right now, I want to remind people that of the clay shoot that we're having for Firefighters Charities of Pasco, October 17th at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. You can uh, message me on any of our Instagram or or Facebook outlets and let me let me know you're interested. I'll get a hold of the people you need to talk to. It's a clay shoot, October 17th, Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. So, and I will be your there. MC. We will be uh, having uh, one hell of a time there for a great call. Got some nice rap. We got some shotguns yeah. getting raffled. I got yeah, some I've coolers, seen uh, fishing rods. We're starting okay. to get it going. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're going to get back into this third segment and talk about this snook. And uh, we can go into more some of the details and stuff with the giveaways with the clay shoe. But this is Flats Mafia Radio 1025 The Bone. We will be back shortly. 
You're listening to Flats Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone. You're listening to Flats Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone. Flats Mafia Radio 102.5 The Bone. We are back. Right before we left, we started discussing a monster fish loss today. And James says it doesn't count really because we were at the boat ramp, but that's what we do. We're scabs. But when you have a day like we had today <laughs> and you didn't catch that many fish, it's your Hail Mary. See, okay. now hold on now. So we're catching, we're catching bait and we're, we got all these pinfish. We looked at each other. We're like, oh, this is going to be great for the boat ramp yes. later. So it's like a little tidbit. Yeah. We, we know it's going to happen. So, you know, so while we're catching fish, you look at a pinfish, oh, man, this is big. Do you want to throw it back? No, because we might cut it or we might drop it at the boat ramp. So when does it actually become a spot? Because you, you plan to fish it later. It became a spot when I started going there for tournaments and trying to win big snake. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, what do you want from me? That's horrible. But what do you want from me? That's Listen, so, but I also noticed that I wasn't the only one to do that, so well, I didn't feel so scavish. You know what, too? I take I take this back because Brian Viznovec beat us in one of the big slam tournaments we have. I think it was a sheriff's tournament. Yeah, he had this massive snook, okay? And I'm like, oh, you must have went to the reef to get that. He's like, nah. I went over to the uh, one of the cockroach boat ramps because they're always down there. It's just really hard to catch and land. And so we're not the only ones that do it. Whatever. Listen, people do it all the time, and I've seen people do it. In these tournaments that are ran out of Hula Bay and the Yacht Club, I've seen people all the way up there by Courtney Campbell trying to do it at that boat ramp. Oh, you know, they get it. They get over there. That's the best snook spot in the bay. I don't care what you tell me. Any boat ramp. I don't know about any boat ramp. Gandy. Gandy boat ramp is probably one of the best snook spots in the bay. Yeah. And, and, And Butch can tell you, he sits there and catches the hell out of Snapper. I, he pulled in the snapper the other day. It was 19 inches at the boat ramp, son. Come on. 19 inches. Now, let's talk about this because you, first of all. <laughs> first Are you about all, to trash me? No. All right. I'm about to bless, I'm about to just praise you. So, we're, you know, our what we do is we take a big thing of bait, drop it, drop our baits at the same time. And the, the, the exciting thing is you get to. See these massive snook come up and blow up on the baits and just turn sideways. Whoa, whoa. And you're like, oh, my God, did he eat my bait? Well, today was the day that you said, I said to myself, oh, my God, did he eat your bait? And this fish came sideways. And he was like, yeah, he ate it. Starts fighting. And, of course, what does this snook do? Take you right underneath the dock. And at this point is where you had your rod tip almost all the way down to your last eye in the water so yeah, you I'm didn't couple, get broke off. Yeah, I'm a couple inches above my reel. Yes. Everything else liter- is- literally probably eight inches at the most. Everything else was in the water. Yeah. Now, while you were fighting this fish, I'm watching them. You got your rod tip down. You're not trying to horse them. And little by little you gain, little by little you gain. Then you get them out. You're like, oh, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is it. We're about to get him. Then he comes up next to the boat. And when I tell you, I felt like I could have grabbed a lack of horse on the thing and rode this snook. And I said, I, I personally think the fish was 40 for sure. For sure, because now that I'm thinking about it, I remember when he turned on him sideways. When he turned on him sideways, if I had to guess how big the side of his body from the bottom to the top of it, 
That was a solid seven inches. And then I looked down on top of him, which is another probably seven, eight inches wide. It was enormous. It was, it was a big fish. It was. And I don't want you to downplay it because you got him out. You got him close to the boat. You even said, hey, you ready? And now I started to feel the pressure. I'm like, if I miss this fish and it breaks off, it's going to be on me. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. I saw how big he was. And I'm like, ah, oh, oh, what are we going to do? Well, unfortunately, the reason why that fish is so big, he won. Broke you off at the leader, right at the hook. And I tied, when we were pulling the boat out, you had that line loose because you grabbed another rod ready to go again, which you caught another snook. I couldn't catch a snook to catch, you know, save my life today. That hook, that leader line, that four inches above where the hook broke off was shredded. Yeah. I mean, shredded. It didn't It didn't cut me off uh, on the No, he just legit cut you, yeah. Like that. Yeah, he just wore it out. Yeah, it was, just, it was just back and forth because you had to put so much tension on that fish. But I tell you what, they they are enormous. I there. was surprised to even get him back to the boat before he made that second run. To be honest, I thought for sure he'd have took off and. Believe it or not, he was probably ten yards on the other side of that oh, dock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it was impressive and to watch you. Keep... About, why are you yelling at me? Get in the water. Because <laughs> well, I'm like a hop in the water. All, I, all like, I'm thinking is that that fish is that far. Yeah, take <laughs> submerge your rod, go underneath the dock, and then you got it. Okay, I, I'm not trying to ruin my reel for that. <laughs> well, I'm th- you know another thing I'm thinking is yeah, get in the water. But what if we push the boat up and you get closer to the ramp, and then you can get underneath the ramp and do it? Hey, listen, at this point, I ain't in the forty club. So whatever it's going to take for me, now nah, I ain't trying to get in the 40 club at the boat ramp. That's one thing I ain't trying hey, to do. Hey, 40 years of 40 years. I know. Okay? <laughs> it don't matter. You're right. You're right, but I want a legit 40. It's actually a lot harder it really to is. catch a 40-inch snook at that boat ramp. It really is. I mean, because they know what they're doing there. Bro, the, the consistent snook they eat there that are like 32 to 35, those fish are hard to land. They're hard to land. So then when you get up, oh, it was huge, bro. It was huge. Oh, well, he'll, he'll still be there. He'll be eating tomorrow. He ain't going nowhere. Nah. He ain't he going lived, nowhere. He there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, well, I, I haven't got a chance to really talk to Jeff about it, but, you know, Jeff, the weekend warrior that he is now, him and Justin, uh, where we were going to fish today, I tell Jeff, hey, Jeff, stay away from the playground today. Go up a little more north. And he was actually able a to catch. A little more north at the playground. Yeah, a little more north. Go to the swings, not the... not the. Uh, go to the food court. Okay. Yeah, go to the food court. And uh, Jeff was able to bang a couple, and he did, he went straight threadies. Jeff don't even throw the cast net anymore. He went straight threadies, and uh, he got on them. Got some sharks and the usual cats, always. You know, when you're cut baiting, don't get discouraged that you caught five to ten catfish before you catch a redfish. Don't get discouraged, cause that's gonna happen. That's, yeah, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. You you you're you're soaking in the water. They're a scavenger. They're gonna smell it as well as the yeah, red fish. Stingrays. You're gonna get. You can get all that. Yeah, you get all that bycatch. The bycatch that's fun while you're red fishing is the sharks, cause they'll sometimes get a run like oh you know they get you all pumped up, but oh they fake you out. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but at least it's better than tap 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 tap. tap. Tap tap, and then you have a red, you have a catfish on there that has a hook, almost it passes intestines. So, hey, it is what it is. We are actually have something planned 
for September to go to Louisiana. And now because of this big Hurricane Laura that just swept through there, we're going to need to make sure that everything's okay for us to get over there. And our thoughts and prayers are out to everyone that's dealing with that. It was a very devastating uh, move. I mean, hurricane, just a devastating hurricane just to, to get that much that much more powerful in the Gulf. The Gulf's a very warm place. And I just want to say I thank to thank all the Indians for doing everything that they did back in the day to make this area protected and sacred grounds. They've done it. Go and look not, in the tent. Not under uh, go look sea at level? The, go, yeah, and not being under sea level. But go look at the Tampa history. You, you, go do yourself a favor. Look up some Tampa history and look about all these areas that over here that used to be uh, you know, the Sem Seminole Indians and all that. Look at it. It's very interesting. Okay. And we are actually, if we get hit with one of these hurricanes, which it's bound to happen, the only thing that's different when you see like Louisiana and Texas and stuff where they're at with the water level, we were talking about this on the boat today. <clears throat> that water, that storm surge, 20 foot, 30 foot, whatever it is, all that water gets pushed in. And since they're below sea level, that water stays in. The difference with us is that we're are on level ground here. So if that water pushes in, and like you were saying, what were you saying earlier about that water's coming in through? Um, oh, to get to us. To get to us. Yeah, it's got to go through Anna Maria. And Anna Maria and there in Fort DeSoto. I mean, and and the Skyway and stuff, you know. So that water has to push all the way in there. But even if we did get a huge push of water, that water's gonna retract and go back out. There's gonna be a way for it to go back out. That's. That's the difference. Because, you know, when we were looking at Irmush, they were talking about we were going to have downtown 12 feet underwater, which is it's insane to think about all the buildings down there and being underwater like that. So, um, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to everyone in, in Louisiana and Texas. And hopefully they hopefully all the fish got scared and went into the bayou and we're going to be able to go down there and catch some redfish. You know, we don't know. We got we, we got to talk to our people over there. I think where there. we go, I think it's going to be OK. Yeah, because um, we yeah. luckily it went a little bit more uh, west. Because if they would have got hit, who knows what would have happened? They already, you know, between Katrina over there, they're still actually recuperating from Katrina. So. I mean, that water, that water where we're at. What's is it, Bernard? Is it what's the no, the De place in Delacroix we stay, what whatever. But that's already high there. Yeah, they can't handle much water. I no. mean, the house is there. They're on thirty feet. They're thirty feet up on stilts. Yeah. So. And the, where where we stayed at, that's what I was telling my aunt the other day, is that they created this, the Pelican's Roost, they created this camp where you have four people to stay in those things. And when a storm comes, guess what? You're taking all them trailers, putting them on trucks, and you're taking yeah, them to hook, high. They hook them and move them. They hook them and move them. And then all you got to worry about is your dock. And unfortunately, like, they're, they're a nice little place where they cook and, and stuff like that. But... Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe we could touch base that with Randall. That floats, though. I mean, they can oh, put yeah, it out you're right. somewhere. That thing, they can put it out somewhere and... Anchor it down. Let it, yeah, let it float around. You're very Just right. That, it, when that, it does, back that does float. So, you know. Hopefully right. we can get out there. I am excited. Yeah, I really am. That's, that's uh, you know, when Randall was talking the other day, these are t smallest fish being 25 pounds. And uh, congratulations to Ryan Harrington. They went out and did some work in that tournament out there. Then stopped on the way back because they had to haul butt because of the hurricane and get back here. Stopped and got a couple 40 years on the way. And actually, I'm looking forward. Me, Nelson, and uh, a couple people uh, Labor Day weekend are going out with Captain Ryan Harrington and uh, to see if we can do some near shore stuff. Maybe bring uh, some table fare back. So 
Yeah, looking forward to that. I know Nell's pumped up. And uh, his uh, brother-in-law, Rick, and the one and only Big Jim. Big Jim. That's it's a funny guy there. Uh, also, I got a little story. What do you got? I got No, go ahead. Please, go ahead. I got this little story I was telling you about uh, me waiting the other day. Oh, wow. This is good. So, no call, no show from my boy Mick here. Way to go, Mick. Yeah, last week he recorded with us. We got in here. We started talking about some redfish. I got a little excited. Let's go tomorrow. I'll be there. You're talking in the morning. Yeah. That's what you do. So I get there, and the water's completely wrong for that area. It's a spot where I like um, a negative tide, and it was higher, substantially higher. It was up around my waist, so if you... not a little bit higher than that. So I left. Yeah, you called Mick, said you're going to come back. I called call Mick and said, I'm going to come back 1030 or so when that tide is, is low. If you want to go, still no call, no show. Anyway, moving on from Mick. What do you Mick? He's an a-hole. Thanks. So... <laughs> I get back out there, the water's dropped a little bit, so I'm like, all right, screw it, I'll try it. It's supposed to keep, I'm on the outgoing, so I'm like, it's going to get lower, hopefully I'll be able to see a push. I know they're not going to be tailing yet, it's just not not going to get negative. It's not right. So, when I drop in the water from these rocks, as I'm parking on the side of the road, I get out, and I step into the water, I can't see my feet, and I immediately went to my waist. And I can't see where I'm going. I don't. I don't mm, like it. Mm, mm. You know, I know. I know the area. I've been. Uh, I've been bumped a couple times in that area before, doing this exact thing where I don't know what it was. I don't. I don't like it. I like being able to see my feet. So I ain't seen my feet in years. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. So anyway, I'm walking out, and I, this is probably. I got to get a. It's probably a 300 yard walk to get where I'm going to fish. So as I'm going, I, I still can't see my feet. I'm about 100 yards out. Something behind me makes a noise. I turn around, and it's just a massive swell, like a manatee just, Got you know, was behind off. me. Yeah, I don't know, eating something that I'm walking, I'm kicking up with my feet. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I get out to the spot, and right when I get there, I'm in probably thigh deep at this point. Ooh. Here comes a six-foot shark. And swims two feet to me and then sees me and, and hauls butt. I have no idea what it was. I know it wasn't a bonnet head because it was six foot. Yeah. And it had the tail of a nurse shark. Mm. And to we, me, I don't believe a nurse shark is over there no. in that area. I I, I might have been a black tip. Like, you yeah, because like you saw that. Head, you saw that tail. A six foot black tip. Hey, I've seen them pretty big. Or it was a bull shark. And that's terrible. It probably was a bull shark. And that is real terrible. So now I'm standing in thigh deep water, and I'm frozen now because I I turn around and look backwards. I'm like, I got a 300-yard walk in in basically the dark because I can't see my feet. And it just freaked me out, so I just sat there and waited for him to come back around for a little while frozen. (laughs) And I was going to stab him. And that's about it. That was my day. I said, and I I stayed till my nerves were calm. Wow. And I said, all right, um, I'm ready to go back. So I just bit the bullet and walked back. Now was my day of waiting. Wow. I did nothing. Well, except, didn't see anything. No, you did but see a shark. something. But a shark. Hey, sometimes it's just the way it is. I'm on a, I'm on a streak here. Just the way it is. Well, I'm, I want to let you guys know this show is brought to you by Casa de Monte Cristo. Check out their Howard and Bush location, as well as our friends over at Real Deal Outdoors. If you need something worked on, power pole install, trolling motor repairs, go see Keith at Real Deal Outdoors and our buddies over at Calusa Cast Nets. We want to say, guys, you have a wonderful Sunday. Stay tuned to more stuff happening. This is Flats Mafia Radio 1025, The Bone.
You're listening to Flats Mafia, powered by Auto Styles and Oldsmar on 102.5 The Bone.